What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to VCast. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to this podcast. And don't forget to give us a like if you can and share this with a friend. This month, we're going over the I am statements of Jesus. And when we study those, we will begin to discover who we are in light of who he is. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to VCast. Uh, This week we start our brand new series on I am. Um, Basically, this series uh, is all about these eight statements that Jesus makes. Um, A lot of people say there's seven, but there's actually eight. Um, And we're going to cover two of those today. Um, But the the whole point of this is that we started this year talking about the names of God and who he was um, in our sermon series and stuff like that. And so now we're talking, we're going from the he is to the I am. And so Jesus makes some statements about who he is and he relates himself um, to specific things that um, if we take a look in them and we go dive deep into these things, there's some real profound stuff about who Jesus said he was. And so the first I am statement that we're going to cover, it's not the first one that he says, um, but it's one of the first, it's one of the ones that it's the one I want to cover first because it's the, it's the most important out of all of them. And so, um, if, if you're looking, it's in the Bible in, uh, John chapters eight, um, John chapter eight, verse 56, um, Jesus is talking to, um, a group of Jews some Pharisees and, um, the The Bible says that, well, Jesus said, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. And so the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. And verse 59 says, so they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. One of the um, one of the most interesting things we see here is that the reaction of the people, right? Like, why in the world, after Jesus says what he said, did people want to stone Jesus? Yeah, um, th- this is one of the most, I think, when it comes to the I am statements, probably the most important one, because it's Jesus's claim to divinity. Right. It's the one where he um, I think it was in Greek that you said he said ego a me. Ego a me, yeah. Be the Greek way when of when God said Yahweh, I believe. Right. Right. So so um, when because the thing is that Yahweh is Yahweh is just another way of saying what he originally said when God introduced himself. He said, eh, yeah, which is Hebrew for I am I exist. And Jesus says the exact same thing i am but he says it in greek which is ego i me but basically it's the same thing yeah. as when G- when god introduced himself in the old testament yeah um so w- with that statement obviously you, you would see why it would trigger that sort of response from the jews because if jesus were just speaking of god apart from himself there would be no need right he would just be speaking of god he would just say he is who he is before Abraham was. He is. That makes sense, right? right? God existed before Abraham. But he says before Abraham was, I am. Mm. And he took that personal name of God and applied mm-hmm. it to himself. Yeah. So um, the Jews got mad at them because of that. And I think that the response of the Jews 
clearly tells us what Jesus is saying. Because yeah. no other statement in any other way or any other context would trigger that response unless it were yeah, really that. Yeah, and it's like, I'm going to start off strong by saying, you know, he's going to say a lot of things. I think the four we're going to cover is, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. And I am the true vine. These are statements of things that Jesus identifies himself. But the first one before he get the first one we're going to get into before he gets into that is I am right. He's saying before even getting into any of these other ones, I want you to know that I'm claiming divinity here. I'm saying that I and the father are one. Um, and that is the, 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 the idea that he's trying to portray here is that he's like me and God are the, we are, we are one, me and the father are one. Um, and so Jesus is making an audacious claim. And some people would say, no, that's not what Jesus was trying to say. Well, I don't think that anybody could say that because it's like, why would they try to stone him unless it was blasphemous to say I am, which it was. And so, um, but yeah, with that in, in mind, we, we look at the identity of Jesus and say, Jesus said, I am. He says, I and the Father are one. If you've seen the Father, you've, if you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. And so to know Jesus is to know God. So I think we're in a really good place now to start looking into this and saying, well, then who is Jesus? What does, how does Jesus identify himself? And um, kind of the little tagline we have for the sermon series this month is discovering who we are in light of who he is. Mm. I can get to know a lot more about who I am if I find my identity in who he is. And so um, let's just start it off with the first one. What is our first topic? Um, our first topic is the bread of life. Bread of life. It's another I am statement that Jesus makes. Um, yep. And we can go to John six thirty five for that. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And then John six, verse 41. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And then we go down to 48, same chapter. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Yeah. And then he continues. Uh, yeah. If anyone eats yeah. of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Right. So this is uh, this is one of the most interesting ones. Um, and, and, and I think one of the things that's really interesting about this is that he says this statement right after the feeding of the 5,000, where he feeds 5,000 people. And what does he feed them? Bread. And fish, right? He gives them fish, but he also takes five loaves and multiplies it and distributes his food. Now, bread is so interesting. And it's so interesting that Jesus would identify himself as bread. Because all throughout the Old Testament, bread is a very important. I just think food in general is a very like important topic. I mean, the very first sin happened because they ate something. <laughs> and then um, uh, if you look at... Um, Cain and Abel, you know, Abel was giving his offering of sheep and he was giving his offering of fruit of the ground. Um, and one was acceptable, one wasn't. More food. Um, you look at uh, Jacob and Esau, right? He sells his birthright for soup, um, more food. And you just see how food plays a very prominent and important role in um, Jewish culture. Yeah, I, I would. I was just about to say, like almost yeah. every one of their celebrations has to do with food. Oh, uh, it's a feast. They're yeah. all feasts. All, all of them. All so. of them. 
And so um, the the Jews always revolve around food. Everything revolve all these celebrations revolve around fruit around food. But when you go into the Old Testament and we look at bread specifically, it, it played a very important role in a lot of the places, especially in the um, in the wilderness right after. Um, and this is a, um, I want to talk about this because Jesus makes a reference to this. Uh, Israel is the Israelites have been taken slave by Egypt. Egypt has them as slaves. God frees them, does the, the plagues, gets them out of there. They're wandering around in the wilderness and they began to become, they become hungry and they say, Hey, listen, we don't have any food to eat. It got to the point where they started grumbling and complaining that they had better, they had at least, they're like, yeah, we were slaves, but at least we had food. Remember the meat pots that they used to have and we would just sit there and skewer our, our meat and have a delicious meat and, 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 and melons and things like that. Like they were like, yo, I'd rather be a slave and, and eat than to be a free man and be starving in the wilderness. So God gives them a miracle and he does the manna. He, he rains down uh, manna from heaven, which was they call that the bread of heaven. Um, manna is um, not an actual thing. The word manna in Hebrew was means what is it? So that was literally what they said when they saw it. The minute they saw the stuff, it was like a dust on the ground. Like, um, you know, when you walk outside and the, the dew is on the ground and it's like the whole grass looks like it's covered in like that. That's how it looked to them. It was just like glistening over the surface of the ground and they would like scoop it up and eat it. And they're like, yo, it tastes like honey and wafers. Like it was like really sweet. Um, you like vanilla wafers? Yeah. I'm thinking maybe something like that, but maybe not. If you don't like vanilla wafers, it didn't taste like that at all because that's a poor example. But anyways, so they said it tastes like honeys and honey and wafers. I don't know what that means. Translated, it's from heaven, so I'm sure it's slash. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it uh, the the god the god of uh, what was it called? The food of the gods, ambrosia. Yeah. Um, and so literally, it's manna from heaven. And they ate this food. They would collect it on a daily basis, and it would sustain them every single day. Um, and as they kept it, getting this every day, you know, eventually they got kind of tired of it and would complain about it. Yeah. But the thing was that they consistently had to go out and collect this food every morning. And if they didn't collect any, when they would go to collect it, it would be infested with maggots and worms. Or even if they went to collect it when they weren't supposed to on the Sabbath right. as well. Because mm -hmm. on Sabbath, you're not allowed to do any work. And so he's like on the Sabbath well, on Saturday. I want you to, well, it depends what you believe, but either Friday or Saturday, um, you would go out there and collect double portion and it wouldn't spoil or go bad. If you tried to eat manna from yesterday, it would be spoiled. But the only day that didn't happen was on the Sabbath. So this was like this important thing. And um, another place where we see it is in the temple. Uh, in the temple, there's actually a whole side of the temple dedicated to a table for bread and so bread was in the temple manna was was distributed by god from heaven it was actually collected put in a pot and then put in the ark of the covenant as well so this bread this manna was so 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 important but then jesus comes in later and starts to say what well um your fathers ate the bread in the wilderness and they all died but the bread that i offer will let you live forever so I think Jesus is trying to make a couple of claims. And so I want to kind of look at that. We know that the Old Testament is full of bread, but that symbol, what did the what did bread symbolize to to the people? Um, well, I think that bread sort of had this idea that, you know, like bread sort of 
satisfies mm-hmm. them, right? Since it's so present in Old Testament and all that stuff that I'm not, it, we know like for us at least, since we're aware of who Jesus was, that bread would symbolize him, mm-hmm. of course. But to them, um, the symbolism of it was sort of these Old Testament stories, right. which is where they would get their symbolism from. Mm-hmm. Us, New Testament believers, readers, we see Jesus when we see bread, because again, the claim that he makes is I am bread, which is why at communion, this is a representation of my body and stuff like that. But for them, all they had was the Old Testament stories to cling on to. So when Jesus is sort of talking about him being the bread of life and mm-hmm. being all these things, he has to use these Old Testament stories. Right. Because it's the only way that they understand it. Um, but bread satisfies. Right. And we know this, right? Jesus says in John six thirty five, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Mm. And you see that he clings to this story in the wilderness because that's what's happening. They're right. thirsty and they're hungry, Again, right? So they're yeah. like, he's, which is why he uses the story because that was one of the problems that they had. We're hungry, mm-hmm. and they would and they would complain to Moses, "We're thirsty." So he's saying, "I am the bread of life." Mm-hmm. Like your forefathers, they all died. They were all hungry, and they still hungered and were still thirsty. But if whoever eats the bread that I offer will never hunger mm-hmm. and will never thirst. Right. Like he has a way of satisfying us in a way that normal bread cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, normal bread leaves you hungry, but the bread that Jesus offers, um, it, it it quenches that hunger and that thirst that we have. Um, so Jesus satisfies our deepest hunger and longings and desires. Yeah. Um, even if we go to like John four thirteen, this is the well story. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Jesus said to, to the woman at the well, um, whoever drinks of this water will be thirsty again, speaking of the water in the well. And he says, but whoever drinks the water that I give them mm-hmm. will never thirst again. And it's funny because, again, they, they always go back to the Old Testament because she's like, are you better than our father Jacob? Mm-hmm. who dug this well, mm-hmm. right? Are, are you better than Jacob? He's the one who made this well. He's like, I know mm-hmm. Jacob. But <laughs> yeah, whoever, he, before Jacob, Jacob was, I, I am. am. <laughs> that's what he, but like, that's where they always go back to because that's where their minds are at. Yeah. Right. This is the well of my father, Jacob. Are you better than Jacob? He says, I know Jacob. Mm-hmm. Whoever drinks this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks the water that I give will never right. thirst again. So Jesus, you see him do that a lot. And they always mm-hmm. bring it up. Are you better than Moses? Are you better than Abraham, yeah. Jacob? Who? Right. And he's like, but I, I know them. Yeah. And they've all done stuff, mm-hmm. but their people have always were hungry again and thirsted again. Yeah. But I satisfy. Yeah. And I think he was trying to get to the root issue of this woman as well, because the funny thing was he's, he's like, she started, like, if you look more into the story, she's like, you know, like, Hey, that that he's like if I the uh, the water that I offer wells up into eternal life. She's like, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty and have to come and draw here water again because she would have to constantly go out in the mornings and go out and draw water. Which was funny too because this woman she didn't go in the morning to draw water. That's when the women typically went. They would go early morning, draw their water together. They would sit there talk have a good time, go bring their water back. But she went later on in the evening, in the afternoon time, which is not typical for women back then. And the reason why is because she was um, she was known for a really bad reason. She had like a bunch of different husbands. This woman was never, think about it, she was never satisfied with men. And, and she just, that's why Jesus said, hey, he's like, as a matter of fact, you know what? 
I'm going to give you that water. Go get your husband. And she's like, well, I don't have a husband. He's like, yep. And the guy that you're sleeping with at the moment is not your husband either. <laughs> you know? And she's just like, oh my gosh. Like, wait, what? Like, how did you know? And he goes, um, he says, as a matter of fact, you've had five husbands. And then she, at that moment, she got it. Like, see, you keep finding satisfaction in men or trying to find satisfaction in men when really it's in me that you'll find true satisfaction. I will be the very thing because that's what we have a tendency to do is go to things of this world to try to satisfy deep longings in our soul. We'll go to Netflix. We'll go to uh, video games. We'll go to social media because it fills a small little insatiable gap that we have. But really, that gap is a lot larger. It's it's the gap of eternity and only Jesus can fill that gap. Yeah. And I think when we think of Jesus satisfying, another thing that we have to think about is sustaining right it's one thing to be satisfied and it's another thing to be sustained mm. so constant i feel like there's satisfaction and sustaining is the constant state of satisfaction mm. you're sustaining you, right. you're, you're keeping you, you keep going right you're not falling behind yeah because i can be satisfied when i play video games right but i'm not sustained mm. yeah i get bored again yeah it's not gonna sustain it's, it's not, not gonna, gonna keep you for long it's not gonna keep me satisfied it'll right. keep me satisfied for the couple hours that i'm playing and then all of a sudden I get bored and I'm like, this game's kind of boring now, yeah. right? So there's the sustaining factor mm -hmm. that Jesus offers as well. Um, when we go to, uh, let's see, let's go to Matthew 4, 1, right. right? And then it says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. He answered, but he answered. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Oh, so wow. Jesus here is saying that, I mean, I'm sure that when you see how like the tempter works, mm -hmm. he knows he's been there for 40 days and right. 40 nights without eating. Mm -hmm. So he tempts him with bread. He's like, have food. And he's like, food is great, but it won't sustain me. Right. So like he's saying like, yo, you need food. Otherwise, you're going to die <laughs> like Jesus you're going to die if you don't eat something. You know, I, I feel like that's what my body tells me when I'm fasting as well. Like, yo, just eat something. You're, you're going to die if you don't eat something. Yeah. Um, and Jesus says, yeah, but man doesn't live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Father, which that's the thing. Jesus had the words of eternal life. Mm -hmm. and, and I think what, what he's saying is not that he physically won't die, Yeah. but I don't gain life by things of this world. Mm. So whether this body dies, I still have life because I live off of the word of God, right? Mm -hmm. So man shall not live by bread alone. Right. It doesn't give us life. It feeds us right. and it, you know, it keeps this physical body going. But I don't yeah. live by this. Mm -hmm. I live by the word of God. Yeah, because we're, we're as a being, I am both physical and spiritual. Like we, we can't forget that. That's so often neglected. Like we'll take care of our physical bodies by working out. But very often do we take care of our spiritual part of our body, which is very much important. Like there is a verse that talks like about, about that. About it says it says bodybuilding, working out. It says it has value in this life. It's good. It makes you stronger. It makes you healthy. It's great. But it doesn't carry on into the afterlife. You don't carry that body with you. This body d dies and decays. But he says train yourself spiritually because that has more value to it. Yep. And so what he's saying here too is that the word that that what's gonna what's gonna sustain us is not simply just 
Jesus isn't saying, because I'm bread, I'm going to sustain you. He's saying, no, my words sustain you. How? Um, I think back to the words of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 15, 16, right? What does he say? When your words came, I ate them and they were my joy and my heart's delight for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. That's good. That's so good. And that's man. such a weird way to put it too. When it your is. words came, I ate them. Yeah. But Jeremiah Jeremiah's trying to symbolize what that means, what Jesus is sort of saying, that I live off the word of God. Right. So when your word comes, I digest it. Mm-hmm. I, I I take it in and I live by it, right? Yeah. Cause it, it, it gives me life. It, mm-hmm. it 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 gives me life in the way of showing me how I ought to live. Yeah. Right? Like the commandments. Think about the commandments. What does he say? Honor your mother and father. Everybody always knows that. Um, honor your mother, father. That's what we ought to do. But if you read the actual commandment, he says, and in that commandment, there is what? Long life. For those who live under authority, you live longer. Why? Because your parents are looking out for you. And if you follow their advice, you may actually make a, a something good out of your life you know and of course there are circumstances where that's pending but um but yeah um i also think in the psalms right uh david think about all the times he talked about um you know just eating like the word of god <laughs> consuming it um he says oh how i love your law this is psalm 119 97 oh how i love your law it is my meditation all the day your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies for it is ever with me i have more understanding than all my teachers for the for your your testimonies are my meditation i understand more than the aged for i keep your precepts i hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word i do not turn aside from your rules for you have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste sweeter than honey to my mouth um through your precepts i get understanding therefore i had i hate every false way i love that like who can say that like god all of these commands that you put on me they're like honey to my lips i i i enjoy and savor every opportunity i get to be obedient to your word um yeah that's a crazy way of putting it like you even see how they in trying to understand God, they even relate it to food in a bit. Like mm-hmm. in trying to under, like how do I put this to words? Yeah. Right. Like how do I understand how this makes me feel? Mm-hmm. Right. Understanding and being obedient to God. What is that even like? And they're just they go off on these really symbolic mm-hmm. ways of food and all that stuff because I think it's super easy to understand how food satisfies you because whenever you're hungry and you go out to eat, you just feel so great afterwards. You're like, oh. Mm-hmm. I'm good now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they do it in the same way because they understand why. And that's why food plays such a big part. And yeah. when Jesus speaks the Old Testament, the poems, there's a lot of it in the poems, mm-hmm. like a lot. Like yeah. that's that's most of their symbolism a lot of times. So Jesus taking on that, the bread, being mm-hmm. the bread, makes a lot of sense to the Jews. It does. So much sense yeah. because they have how many prophets and how many poems of food sort of being that symbolism right so jesus just perfectly puts that onto himself and says this is what i am i am mm-hmm. the food i am the water i i satisfy i sustain mm-hmm. you know yeah and he and the last one is that he saves 
bread that this bread saves um it goes back to what he said in john 6 so we're reading john 6 and there's a couple of verses where jesus is referring to himself as bread john 6 51 says i am the living bread that came down from heaven i'm living bread right if anybody eats of this bread he will live forever and the bread that i will give for the life um, for the life of the world is my flesh so jesus claims that the bread he offers is a bread that is living and that this bread gives you eternal life. It almost reminds me of um, the tree of life, right? That was the, the tree of life was in the center of the garden of Eden. And then God said, when he kicks Adam and Eve out, he goes, I got to set up a cherubim with a flaming sword to make sure they don't come back in here, lest they eat from the tree of life and live forever, right? Um, because that would be a horrible thing to let people live in a sinful state eternally. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I actually just never understood that until you just said it right now. I was like, <laughs> that kind of sucks. Why wouldn't he let them eat it? Oh, because they're sinful and they would live forever. In in sin, yeah. in brokenness. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jesus' body was bread and this bread saves. Um, so um, the bread that he offers, he says, is the bread I offer is my body, right? Um, this reminds me of the breaking of bread, right? Like think about... Um, when Jesus um, multiplies the, seven, the, 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 the two fish and the five loaves of bread, right? Um, and there's a feeding of the 4,000. He had seven loaves and he had fish and he gave thanks and broke them. Um, one of the things that I've noticed is a concept when the, the Jews would take bread, uh, specifically with Jesus, he would always break the bread. Always. And I, I do this with my communion cracker. <laughs> And I, like people don't see it, but it's something special that I do because I, it was something I read in scripture is that they always broke bread. They, 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 and I know you have to typically do that when you cut, when you give bread to people, you got to break off pieces. But I think the breaking was such an underrated symbol. When you break bread, you are tearing it to pieces. And that's exactly what happens to the body of Jesus. Mm -hmm. His body was broken. When, he, when he's handing it off to the disciples, he says, this is my body, and he breaks oh my gosh. it. Bro, think about every, think about what's running through his mind every time he broke bread with his disciples. The, the like, this is what I, I'm going to have to do. Mm -hmm. The time is coming. And it's like, you, I, most people don't even see that. Like, they just think of it as something that you do when you give bread, like you were saying. Like, when I'm going to hand off bread, I just break off pieces and give it to them. But when Jesus does it, he's saying, this is me. Yeah. This is my body, and then he breaks the bread, and then he gives it off yeah. to each one of them. And um, one of the things that I know is that even though his body was broken, and even though he was he was uh, murdered on a cross, we know that that's not the end of the story. Jesus, um, just in the same way that that this bread gives eternal life, Jesus lived eternally, and he showed that he had the power. It's actually one of the it's the second I am statement that we're going to cover the third actually um there is before abraham was i am um i am the bread of life and this the last one i am the resurrection and the life and um you know it's uh easter and so um I, by the time we watch this we record our episodes ahead of time so by the time people watch this they would have already had their easter presentation i believe yeah. And so, um, cause Easter is on the fourth. So that Sunday we're celebrating that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. It's not the end believers. 
need to understand and this is such an important met like the resurrection has is su- such an underrated part of who jesus is because it's like you know jesus he died on the cross we glory in that all the time we have crosses of everything people always wear crosses but we don't war- we don't wear tombs rolled away we don't wear tombstones you know we don't because a lot of people don't value the resurrection but i think in a time frame like now where covid is just taking lives by the masses um a good friend of mine is was in the icu i think he's still in the icu and i'm praying for him consistently i think he's doing better now actually that they're taking him off the ventilators this is the last update that i saw um yeah that they're starting to 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 take him off and so um, man we've been praying for him but COVID has really destroyed um it was really put him down but he's fighting he's fighting hard but in a time where people are losing loved ones the best message they can hear right now is that it's not the end that you're going to see them again right like even if we lose people jesus said i am the resurrection and the life look at lazarus right come out of that grave right and i'm not saying that jesus is coming around and he's going to start resurrecting everybody but what i am saying is that at some point in time we will all be resurrected and we will all see all of our loved ones again we will know them on a much deeper level um and i'm just excited that jesus offers that life to us what do we do though we just put our trust in the bread of life the one who sustains us the one who um, satisfies us and the one who saves us um this bread saves if you don't haven't uh put your trust in jesus man do it like even now like i don't know i don't know how you feel but even me i'm just like kind of teary right now um just thinking about um just the sacrifice that jesus made for me um, by breaking his body on that cross and like i said when i take my communion i always rip up the bread i break it intentionally to remember that jesus was broken and then i put it in you know my mouth and i crush it with my teeth to rem- and i and each bite is just so heart-wrenching for me as a believer to remember how beaten he was for me and that he did that because he loved me so i'll give you the the last word so um well i don't really know how i can piggyback off of that (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty good i mean i don't really have any words left other than that i completely agree with you um i think that at the end of the day you know, like how you were saying the resurrection isn't valued as much and the cross would have no power if there was no resurrection. Mm-hmm. There would be no, it would be pointless if he didn't rise again. Right. Our sins okay. wouldn't be forgiven if he didn't yep. rise again. I said your faith would be in vain if, if Jesus never be. resurrected. Mm-hmm. Because that's where all the power comes from. Amen. Anybody can die. Only God can rise from the dead. Mm. So, I like that. Yeah. Everybody dies, only Jesus can rise again. Yeah. I like that. So that's where I'll leave it. Thank you guys for tuning into our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. If you did, don't forget to give us a like, a follow, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast with as many people as you know so we can get the word of God out to everyone everywhere. We love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.